Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with, with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the Direct Response Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the incredible good fortune to be interviewing someone I've been following for a very long time, who I get inspired by on a regular basis. John Lee Dumas is the founder and host of EO Fire, an award-winning podcast where he interviews today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. JLD has interviewed over 1,200 entrepreneurs, and EO Fire generates over 1 million monthly listens. John continues to inspire Fire Nation, of which I am a member, and I hope you are too, to conquer their fears and take the entrepreneurial leap. John Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Seth, I am fired up to be here, my friend. Thanks for having me. Awesome. My pleasure. Now, you have done so many interviews. The story of how you built EO Fire is marketing legend. So <laughs> rather than make you repeat yourself, I'd like to talk about something that has an incredible has had an incredible impact, a recent project of yours. What is the Freedom Journal? The Freedom Journal, Seth. Wow. That is my passion project of 2015 and beyond. Because as you mentioned, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people. And one thing that I realized is so many of my guests, Fire Nation, look up to these listeners that I interview, look up to these guests that I interview, these successful, inspiring entrepreneurs. And they ask the question, what's the reason that they're successful? Like, what's that magic bullet to success? And it was just very obvious to me after doing some in-depth study, research, and reflection that my guests on EO Fire know how to set and accomplish goals. And unsuccessful entrepreneurs struggle with that very thing. So I said, how can I create the solution to that problem? How can I bridge the gap, so to speak? And I decided to create a physical, leather-bound, gold-embossed journal, which I've lovingly referred to as the Freedom Journal. And it will guide you in setting and accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. And again, we spent a year crafting it, writing it, designing it, sourcing the materials, getting the manufacturing plants, and then the distribution center, everything, you know, this is a whole process to do this. And then in January of 2016, we launched a 33-day Kickstarter campaign um, 
combining our our entire process with Pencils of Promise, which is a killer charity um, that helps build schools in developing countries. And we ended up uh, generating over $450,000 in 33 days um, in over 9,000 backers. And the Freedom Journal to this day just continues to sell in, in a great capacity, teaching people and guiding people and setting and accomplishing their number one goal in 100 days. That is absolutely awesome. I am. I was a Kickstarter backer. I am a huge Thank fan you. of my Freedom Journal. And what what do you think? Because obviously there have been programs on goal setting since God knows the beginning of time. Probably, you know, maybe the goal was to kill a saber toothed tiger. I don't know. You know, in, in five <laughs> minutes, I'm not sure. But there have been. I mean, you go to Nightingale Conant or Sounds True or God Help You YouTube, and there's eight million things you could find on goal setting. What do you think sets the Freedom Journal apart? So the thing about the Freedom Journal that I really do think it sets it apart is that we focus so heavily on smart goals. And when I was interviewing and discussing and doing my research with so many entrepreneurs who have been both successful and unsuccessful, it was so clear to me that the one major factor that almost everybody misses, even those who happen to become successful with setting up goals is you don't make it a smart goal and smart is such a key goal because you can accomplish a goal but if it's not a smart goal it might be meaningless so it's not worthwhile accomplishing a goal that's meaningless so a smart goal make sure that this goal is specific measurable attainable relevant in time bound so you have to have those five attributes with every goal that you are going to set and now you're starting off on the right foot and then the freedom journal is going to guide you in those next 100 days on how to accomplish that smart goal that we've just established is something that's going to be meaningful in your life. Now, within the Freedom Journal, there can be a lot of different things that could have gone in it, but I developed a very specific, unique step-by-step process that is just proven from me using it. And now the over 12,000 people who have purchased the Freedom Journal, this unique step-by-step process has been really instrumental for people actually being guided in the accomplishment of that goal in a set time frame, those 100 days. So you know, beyond the daily tasks and the nightly recaps, which, you know, is nothing super unique, we do have a uh, uh, 10, 10 day sprints. And so every 10th day, you start off on what I call a micro sprint goal, where you actually set a small goal, that you know, you can accomplish in 10, 10 days is going to get you at least 10% closer to your big 100-day goal. So, of course, if you want to lose 10 pounds, you know, your micro goal would be to lose at least one pound in the next 10 days. And then you actually structure your next 10 days to accomplish that micro goal. So, of course, when you do that, now you're getting momentum. Now you're actually having a great opportunity to have already accomplished something on day 10. And you can start to see that momentum really build up and mean something. Now we added to that a quarterly review. Every 25 days you look back and you say, let me go back and see what worked, what didn't, so I can fix what didn't work, so I can amplify what did. And that quarterly review really keeps you on pace going the right way. So that by day 100, you not only have accomplished your 10 micro goals, you've accomplished your quarterly reviews keeping you on pace, but now you've accomplished your number one goal in those 100 days. Absolutely incredible. What was the first goal you used the prototype, for example, of the Freedom Nation, of the Freedom Journal to, to accomplish? <laughs> Great question and a pretty simple answer, the Freedom Journal. You used the Freedom Journal to create the Freedom exactly. Journal. Exactly. 
Awesome. Since the Freedom Journal has physically come out and is no longer just an idea in your head, what are you working on in yours now, if I'm allowed to ask? Of course. And I actually love to keep this uh, public. And I do often Snapchats and little Facebook rants about this as well. I'm actually in the process of creating the follow-up journal to the Freedom Journal. It's going to be called Self Mastery Journal. Master Productivity discipline and focus in 100 days. So where the Freedom Journal is where I saw people were really struggling with setting one goal and then accomplishing that goal in a set time frame of 100 days. Self-mastery journal, this is where I've excelled. I've excelled by being very productive, very disciplined and very focused. And now I'm going to use this journal to guide people on how they can master those same skills in 100 days. That is absolutely incredible. Can't wait. I'll be on the first one on the pre-order list. Yay. Yay. So you've interviewed over 1,200 amazing entrepreneurs. You've taken the Napoleon Hill model and put it on steroids. You talk (laughs) about how the reason why people don't get to that level of success is because they don't know how to set and achieve their goals. What are you finding are some of the most interesting commonalities of those uber successful entrepreneurs? So there's a lot of common eyes that really uber successful entrepreneurs have. I mean, again, that big inspiration that we've already talked about as far as setting and accomplishing goals is absolutely critical. And that's where I really wanted to create the Freedom Journal to kind of fill that void. But the reality is, you know, now that I'm approaching, well, I'm actually into my 1400s now, as you and I are speaking of, of entrepreneurs who I've interviewed, you know, some really common, some really big common eyes are, are coming to the forefront and are rising to the surface that sometimes are even surprising me. I can tell you this, without a doubt, almost every single successful entrepreneur is an early riser. I mean, you definitely hear about those people that love burning the midnight oil XYZ, but when it seems like you get to a certain level of success, not just moderate success, but high success, you are an early riser. And I'm talking 6 a.m. or earlier. And then you're using those first 90 minutes of every single day to crush it, to have a morning routine that's going to help you hydrate, get the right nutrition in your body, get the right exercise going on, and then get the right work done when you're at your best, when you're at your peak, which is going to be within those first 90 minutes of you waking up. And then people that can really block off their time for focused tasks, not being distracted, not having their phones going off, not having notifications dinging on their desktop or whatever it might be. These are people that are just setting out Pomodoro style sprints and rests. And for me, I found the sprint time that works is 53 minutes with a seven minute rest. And so during those 53 minutes, you can't distract me. Like I have nothing open. I am just doing that one thing. And then when I hit that seven minutes break time, I'm actually taking a break. I'm walking out on the balcony. I may be doing some jumping jacks, you know, maybe just taking a deep breath or, or, you know, maybe jumping an email for a second or doing something during those seven minutes that's non-focused task related. But then I kick back in to the next 53-minute sprint. I think that's interesting because a lot of people do talk about time blocking, but it's funny you have such a specific number. Normally, it's 40-20, 50-10. I love that you've got 53 and 7. Yeah, and I think it's going to be different for everybody. You know, I wanted it to be an hour block, and I just realized that, you know, after doing a lot of testing and seeing what worked for me, like that 53-minute point just really felt good because, you know, anything more than that, I just wasn't getting enough of a break. Like, I, I, like it just felt like it was going too quick. But anything less than that, I felt like I was having too long of a break. That makes a lot of sense. When that was me. 
you right, right, right. When you were growing, and not that you're not growing now, but when you were experiencing the initial rapid growth of EO Fire before you had you know a million listeners a month, how were you getting such incredible guests to be on the show before you had a giant audience? And then how were you getting them to promote that they were on the show when it wasn't necessarily as much of a cachet as it is now? Yeah, so I can tell you right here and right now that it's all about building the foundation. Foundation is key. It is everything, Seth. And so I didn't start at the top. You know, I went and I got 30, 40 entrepreneurs to be on my show that, you know, weren't the A or B level players. They were the C or the D level players, but who I admired, who were up and comers, who were making things happen. And I got my show going with, with those guests. And then once I started getting the show going and getting into new and noteworthy and, and actually having some legitimate downloads, then they would take that information and then I could share it with the B and A level players. And then once I got those first couple yeses, and again, it was all very timely too. Like I waited till Seth Godin was about to launch a book and then I asked him and same with thing with Tim Ferriss and so they were in promotion mode as it was so it was a much easier yes for them and then once you get them to say yes once like you have them in your lineup you can leverage their name to get other people to say oh wow Tim Ferriss was on Entrepreneur on Fire like why wouldn't I be and that way you're literally off to the races and so it's really building that foundation one step at a time and as far as getting them to share the show you know make them share something that's unique about them that they haven't already told a hundred times. And with EO Fire, a very unique thing about my show was that I had my guests share their worst moments ever entrepreneurial-wise at the very beginning. And a lot of them had never talked about that. They had talked about you know, maybe some past failures or bad times, but they never just like got real nitty-gritty about their worst entrepreneurial moment. And they kind of liked what that brought out. And, and so they were willing to share. And plus, I just made it super simple for them to share. Like I just said, hey – Here's, you know, a one click tweet, you know, here's a Facebook share. Like I just made it really simple for them to share and to want to share. And they did. And it was really just that process. I mean, I just removed the barriers. Awesome. So with all the incredible success you've achieved and continue to have, what's your biggest challenge now? I have a lot of challenges. You know, one thing is saying no. Um, I definitely am a big believer that when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to everything else. So I have to weigh every single yes that I give with the reality that I'm saying no to everybody else. That, and, and how do you evaluate that? How do you make that evaluation process? The evaluation process, you know, it really just has to come from within. Like I have to say, like, you know, what do I have on my plate now? Like, what are my big focuses right now? What are my time blocks that I've opened up now? And a great, you know, example would be this, Seth. Like, when you reached out to me, I said, you know what? I do want to always make time to be a guest on other people's shows. So I've blocked out one day a month where I am going to be interviewed on 14 other shows. So like right now, you're actually my seventh of 14 interviews today. I'm back to back to back. I'm doing seven, uh, 14 interviews today. You're number seven of 14. And months ago, I blocked off this day as a day that I was going to focus on this. So I woke up this morning and I knew that, hey, today is the day that I'm going to be interviewed on other shows. And so that I don't have like one interview tomorrow, two interviews on Friday. No, I just have 14 today. I knock it out one day a month. And that gives me the opportunity to, to say yes to a lot of people, but at the same time, not compromise, you know, my day to day, my week to week. That makes a total, total sense. And you set me up. So of the seven interviews you've done already today, what 
didn't they ask you that you wish you had a chance to talk about? <laughs> All right, say that question one more time. I want to make sure I get exactly what you're meaning. Of the seven interviews you did today, obviously they covered a wide range of topics. <laughs> what didn't you get a chance to talk about that you would love to share now? Oh, that is a good question. Um, how much I'm enjoying Puerto Rico? Okay, talk about Puerto Rico. Nobody Why asked. are you in Puerto Rico at the moment? <laughs> how long have you been there? What are um, you doing? I live here. I moved here on May 1st, 2016, and oh, wow. I love it. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's just um, kind of proof of concept. You know, we have a business where we're financially and location independent. Kate and I decided to move to Puerto Rico on May 1st, and uh, we haven't looked back since. That is absolutely incredible. So you are a living on, uh, living in paradise. And is this a, did you buy, if I, did you buy a house or is this Airbnb and you're gallivanting around the world, including Puerto Rico? No, this is an Airbnb currently, uh, but we, we have technically moved to Puerto Rico and we'll be here at least six to eight months of the year. And we actually are currently looking to buy a place. And what do you find? Why, how'd you choose Puerto Rico? You know, we just wanted an adventure. Kate and I are both, uh, we love the warm weather, and we wanted to try a different part of the country and a different part of the world. And, you know, uh, Puerto Rico is a U.S. Commonwealth down here in the Caribbean, and it just sounded great. Awesome. Is there anything you don't like about living in paradise? Um, yes. Not enough people speak English here, and I don't know if that makes me sound like an ignorant American, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm like, you guys have been a Commonwealth since 1898, You've learned you're 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 forced to learn English growing up. Like let's uh let's keep it up, guys. Like let's, <laughs> let's, let's keep English up here. So few people like really speak English in, in a powerful way, and you know, and it's just it can get a little frustrating sometimes. I bet. Well, I am an ignorant American as well. I do not speak any other languages, but wish I did, but have not made that a priority in my freedom journal, which is why I haven't achieved it yet. <laughs> but this is kind of my point is like, if I spoke another language, it would be a priority for me to learn English because this is the language of, you know, the internet of the future of, you know, money of dollars and cents. And so I would just like to think that a lot of people would be inspired and passionate to, uh, to learn the great language of English. And to be honest with you, I'm spending 15 minutes every single day with my app Duolingo to learn Spanish. Love Duolingo. Yep, I have it myself. Awesome. So with all of the interviews that you've done, have you ever thought about taking, and if this already exists, I apologize, like a compendium of highlights type of book where it's almost like thinking grow rich on steroids? <laughs> no, I've never considered that, but you might have just given me an idea, Seth. Thank you. That is journal number three, The Secrets <laughs> of EO Fire. I love it. Awesome. Well, I'd be happy to help promote that. Oh, cool. <laughs> and of all those 1,200 interviews, you probably have forgotten more than you've done. If you had to pick, let's say, five where you were – they so surprised you with what came out during that interview that it stuck with you, who would some of those five be? So, wow. I would definitely say this. I've had some great guests on EO Fire. Um, if I could say recently, some of the five that have really kind of stuck with me for better and for worse, um, one would be Sally Hogshead. I just am inspired by her. I love her presence, her voice, her energy, her message. Um, it's just a great incredible. message. So good. 
Um, you know, I really did enjoy um, the Tony Robbins interview. It was just kind of like a, a good kind of full circle for me where I was really inspired by him, you know, forever. I've, I've known about him for a long time, even before I really knew about any other entrepreneur. Like I had never heard of Gary Vaynerchuk or Tim Ferriss, but I definitely had heard of um, Tony Robbins back in the day. So it was just kind of really cool to get on a phone call with him and have that conversation. That was really pretty awesome. Um, Gene Simmons was somebody who was kind of interesting to get out of the entrepreneurial space a little bit and talk to somebody who's just, you know, so well known for being the lead singer of Kiss um, and sold a hundred million records and, you know, fill in the blank. Like that was crazy um, to have that conversation. And, you know, it wasn't like an amazing, like mind blowing conversation, but it was, it was a cool moment. Um, really enjoy getting to talk to Brian Tracy again. That's another guy who I've read a lot of his work and, and admired. And same with Darren Hardy. He'd be the fifth. Um, his book, The Compound Effect, really inspired me when I first launched EO Fire. And it's actually, actually probably one of my most recommended books. So that leads me to my next question. Um, so you covered one. So what are the other, other than the Freedom Journal, what are two of the best books you've ever read that have had the biggest impact on your work? The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson and The uh, Chimp Paradox, which I love. It's not really a well-known book, but I'll tell you, that book just gave me this one takeaway that uh, really has helped me out in life. Awesome. And so many interviews, so many amazing entrepreneurs. Anyone left on your bucket list to interview? You know, I wouldn't say there's really anybody on my bucket list. I mean, there's definitely people that I'd like to interview if it's if it happens, but like there's nobody that I'm chasing, nobody that I'm just like super desirous of talking. Like I just love having the conversations with entrepreneurs who are inspired by what they're doing, who are making a difference, you know, who are making two, three thousand dollars a month doing what they love and it's enough because that's all they need because they're bootstrapping. Like I love those conversations and you know, I love the conversations with people like, you know, Mark Cuban, which would be somebody I'd love to talk to, but I wouldn't put him on my bucket list. You know, like he's just somebody that if it happens, that'll be great. Richard Branson, that'd be great. But, you know, the bucket list is just keep talking to great people. Awesome. And I'm sure you could get to both of them if that was something you wanted to do. I'm sure they would both be happy to do the show. Um, <laughs> anything you want to talk, anything you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? Wow, I just think that we've covered the full spectrum. Um, you know, there is something that I do really feel powerful that the listeners understands just as one of my major mantras. And that's if you want to be, do. Like, I wanted to be a podcaster back in the day, so I just had the podcast. Like, what is it that you want to be in this world? Why not just go do that thing and be, be you know, realistic that you're going to stink and you're not going to be good at first? Who's good at anything when they first start? I mean, I'm shocked that people are entitled enough to not to not try or do something because they're not going to be good at it. Of course you're not going to be good at it. You're not good at anything you do for the first time. That's just a reality. So just do that thing. Like what is that thing that you can't not do and do it? Okay, what is that one thing that you can't not do and do it? This has been Seth Green with John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. Make sure you get your copy of the Freedom Journal at thefreedomjournal.com. And then, of course, you should subscribe religiously to eofire.com and be a part of Fire Nation. John Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Huge honor to have you. Seth, thank you so much, brother. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.